In the name of God, amen. Let's be seated. Before saying anything, let me repeat my words of deep gratitude and admiration for the lay leadership of St. Michael's Church, who have been so faithful and diligent and competent in their guidance of, of the congregation during a long time of, of absence on the part of your, of your priest, Father Clinton. And when we spoke this morning at our vestry gathering, they were very quick, all of them, to praise you, the rest of the congregation, for your lively presence, uh, particularly the, the young people, um, very, very admiring of your accomplishments and your dedication here in the church, and their renewed commitment on behalf of Christ and all of you to continue forward. And I also pledge to them and to you all that I can do as your bishop and that the rest of the diocese can do to offer support and encouragement um, as we go forward. And I really look forward to, um, to the future as we work together. I'd like to call your mind um, back to two of the sentences that were read this morning as part of our scripture. The first sentence is part of the first reading. If you have your bulletin, you can turn to that reading from 2 Kings. And it's a sentence that's repeated several times in the story of Elijah and Elisha. And it's the response that Elisha gives to Elijah when Elijah is trying to discourage him from following him. And every time Elijah says to him, no, stay where you are, I must go on ahead, Elisha's response is, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. As the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will not leave you. Hold in your heart for a moment the power of those words. And now turn with me to the gospel text and the very first sentence of the passage read for today. When the day drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face toward Jerusalem. He set his face toward Jerusalem. Those two sentences actually have a fair amount in common. What I hear in them are words of resolve and clarity of purpose and direction. They're not identical in that in the first sentence, there is this strong overtone of devotion and faithfulness that Elisha is expressing towards his mentor, Elijah. Um, Elijah wants to free his mentee. He wants to free his disciples to go off on his own because his time is coming to an end. And Elisha says, no, I am with you to the end. 
I will not leave you. And Jesus' words, while they are not, are, are more singular in expression, but have that equal sense of direction and resolve as he sets his face toward Jerusalem. Now, I wonder if you can think of, in Scripture, another example of someone who had the kind of singular devotion that Elisha had for his leader, his teacher, Elijah. Can you think of anyone who expressed that level of devotion to another at a time when they were perhaps about to part ways? Two women this time. Anyone remember? Ruth. Thank you. One of my favorite personalities in the Bible. Ruth was the daughter-in-law of Naomi, and they both lost their husbands. They were living in the land of, of Ruth. Naomi was an Israelite, and she was living in a foreign land and had married into that land. And then both of their husbands died, and another husband died as well of Ruth's sister. And Naomi said to the women, her daughters-in-law, stay here and find new husbands. I must go back to my homeland. And, Naomi, and, and Ruth said to her, do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you will go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God my God. Loyalty and love and common direction. Have you ever felt that way towards someone? Has someone ever expressed that kind of devotion to you? I was in the hospital over Holy Week unexpectedly. Uh, my appendix decided that it was time to come out. And we were in the emergency room, my husband and I, all night long. And as you often, if you've ever been in the emergency room overnight, you know that there's a lot of waiting. And um, waiting in different rooms where you think something might happen, but actually you're just waiting in a different room. And so we waited in the first room for about three hours, and then we waited in the second room for about another hour. And then we waited in the third room for another hour still. And at every step along the way, I said to my husband, you know, I'm not going anywhere. You might as well go home and go to sleep. And he just sat there. And we went to, I said, Paul, you might look, I'm, you know, they're going to go home. And he just sat there. He would not leave me. And after I awoke from surgery and he was still sitting there, I knew something about his loyalty to me. Now, there's another person in the Bible who thought he could be loyal um, and wanted to be loyal, but in the hour of testing, realized that he failed. Do you remember who that was? Simon Peter. He, he wanted to be true to Jesus, but when the hour came, when everything was so frightening, and so overwhelming, 
And he was asked if he was a follower of the one, of the Nazarene. He said, I do not know the man. And Jesus had predicted that, remember? He had predicted that Peter, not that he, it wasn't that he didn't love Peter or that he was even surprised. He just knew that we're frail as human beings. And sometimes, even if we want to be loyal, we falter and we stumble and we fail. Um, the wonderful thing about that story and so many other stories like that is that Jesus never gave up on Simon Peter and gave him an opportunity to, to reconcile and to, and to grow into the kind of person who could be faithful. And I think that that's part of the life we're all called to as frail human beings. One of the most poignant stories I've ever read started with this line. I had a brother once and I betrayed him. And then the entire story unfolds of these two brothers and that moment of betrayal and how the one who betrayed spent the rest of his life trying to make up for and to be the kind of brother who could move on and reconcile after such a failing. And uh, I know that side of the story as well, sinner that I am, and the blessing and the grace we receive when Jesus continues it with us, when we falter, when others forgive us, when we fail, and when we ourselves are called upon to forgive, should we be the ones disappointed. That's, that's the story of humankind and forgiveness, but there's a goodness in even our desire to be faithful, isn't there? A goodness in our longing to be loyal and what we learn when we fail and are given a chance to try again. As the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will not leave you. Now Jesus' words have a similar feeling of conviction, but, but there, it's a singular, it's a singular statement. It was more individual. He set his face toward Jerusalem. And this is right at the time in the story of his life when he's had a very successful ministry around the shores of Lake Galilee, teaching and healing and gathering disciples. And yet he knows that some purpose of his life cannot be fulfilled until he goes to the center of religious and political power. He needs, he needs to go to Jerusalem, even though he also has a sense of what will await him there. And so you can imagine that that was not an easy decision for him to make. And so when he made it, he, he set his face. He had to go. It was time. And, and I don't know if you noticed as Father Bill was reading, but after that, Jesus doesn't sound like a very nice person because he's so focused on where he's going that he doesn't seem to have time anymore for people who aren't ready to join him, right? And I don't, I don't think it's like we're seeing a, an unfriendly side of Jesus. I don't, I don't think that's it at all, but I do think it's one of those moments in his life when he's saying, 
If you're ready, come along. But if you're not, I've got to go. And again, I, I wonder where in your life you have had such a moment of clarity when you needed to do something or to go somewhere and, and it was clear. And that clarity sometimes causes a bit of discomfort with those you love, but it's that important and you need to go. Or perhaps you've seen someone you love in that similar moment of, of clarity and you may not even agree with what they're doing, but you see and you hear in them, something, there's something different about their tone, and you know there's, like, there's no arguing anymore, or there's no persuading. It, this, is, this is the decision, and, and, and they go, or, or we go. Now what I know about such moments in my own life is that sometimes they're preceded by a lot of inner back and forth and struggle and trying to decide if it's the right path or if it's the right thing to do and, and then the moment comes and sometimes it comes just really quickly and I just know, I just, I just wake up and I know. Um, and sometimes I don't have complete clarity, like I'm not 100% sure, but I'm sure enough to take the first step, you know? It was like that for me when I was discerning a call to ministry. I honestly didn't know what, what it meant, but I knew I was going to take the first step and then the second. Um, similarly, when I became a parent, right? Those of us who are parents know you really don't know what you're getting into, right, when you become a parent. But you know you're called to the first step and then the second. Um, you're called to a particular vocational path. You may not know exactly where God is calling you, but you're called to take a step. You set your face toward the goal, and you begin to make your journey, and clarity comes. It's not like it gets easier. Sometimes it's just as hard as you move, but there's something about moving and moving toward that goal that brings your sense of direction even as you move. Again, think about those times for you. All I want to say in response or in, in closure is this. Remember that those words that Elijah spoke to Elijah are very similar to words that Jesus said at the very end of the Gospel of Matthew as, as he was rising up to heaven after the resurrection. His version of it, of those same words was, Lo, I will be with you to the end of the age. He's speaking to us. He's speaking to each one of us, saying just what Elisha said to Elijah. I will be with you. And even if you falter, even if you fail, even if you deny me, I will never let you go. I will be with you. And as you set your face as best as you can, 
toward the path that God is calling you. Know that he's with you every step. And even more than that, he's gone ahead of you and he's gone ahead of me because he set his face toward Jerusalem for us, for us. And so we need never worry or be afraid as we make our path step by step on the road that is set before us. And that's as true for you as individuals as it is for this congregation. And so as you walk the path that God has set before you, know that he is with you. And to the best of my ability, so am I. And we will journey this walk together. Amen.